Hi, friends. Thank you for joining us on Food for Thought. My name is Sunil Chandy. I am uh, the priest and rector of Christ Episcopal Church in Wesley, Rhode Island. And this is our uh, video uh, podcast, uh, Food for Thought. And for those of you who are new to our uh, to this experience, I hope that you will enjoy this uh, this time. It uh, We begin uh, with a food for thought, a, a piece of wisdom that helps us to kind of and get engage the world and then uh, and then we have the opportunity to talk to uh guests who give us insights on on how to live in a world that's filled with challenge and uh and adversity and also joy and hope and so we have a wonderful uh two wonderful guests that are joining us today who will uh, show to uh, tell us about uh a couple of things that they are doing uh to bring about joy in the in the world uh, but first, uh, this is also uh, a pre-recorded session. So uh, if you are here, please do say hello. If you do watch us, please say hello. Tell us how you enjoy this programming, how uh, it, it's did your life. And if you have any deeper questions, uh, especially from uh, the, the guests that are coming, that uh, we would ask you to, to comment and we'll respond accordingly. Uh, because this program is watched in all parts of the of our country in the United States, not just in Westerly and Stonington, but also um, in uh, you know in Rhode Island, in in Connecticut, and of course the U.S. And then it's globally watched as well. So uh, please do write your questions and comments, uh, and and we'll get back to you on that. So today, you know, this is uh, we are still in the midst of Lent in the church, and it. Uh, and one of the things that I've been advocating for, for this season of Lent, and Lent is usually a, a season of penitence, a, a season of, uh, of just uh, helping us to think and be reflective on, uh, on our lives and how, uh, how we could do things better. And sometimes how we, we sometimes uh, find our, uh, ourselves, uh, you know, repenting of, 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 of the ways we've been living in the world. And so, um, you know, Lent is a time of reflection. It's a time of, and for many people in the church, in the Catholic church, and even in the Episcopal church and, and many church traditions, uh, it's a time of giving up. We find ourselves uh, engaging in spiritual practices of fasting and prayer and almsgiving. We give up. And then as we, as we experience this giving up, we understand what God gave up to be, uh, to be, to be present in our lives and how God gives us and gives and gives. And, uh, and this sense of emptying helps us to kind of connect with God in, in a, in a powerful way. And so we get, we are able through these spiritual practices to come closer to God and also to, uh, to come closer to our neighbor, uh, to realize that we are not far away and often we feel far away and, and and the idea is that in Lent sin separates us from from God and from our neighbor. But one of the things is that that I've been advocating through this whole season is not just to not just to think about giving up, which I think is an important thing to do, especially as we we move towards Holy Week. And but sometimes I've I you know I've had the experience of trying to power my way through. Uh, Lent, you know, giving up chocolates uh, or uh, giving up something that's almost frivolous that that really is more of um, an example of of my willpower, my my strength uh, within me, my convictions, right? Uh, 
but Lent is, but I found myself in those practices, like giving up chocolate, uh, you know, or, uh, or not eating, you know, or not doing something for this, uh, you know, during, during this 40 days of Lent. And I found myself more of a building a sense of pride within myself, you know, and I wasn't getting closer to God and I wasn't getting closer to my neighbor. I was just trying to, uh, to, to make myself feel good. So one of the things that I advocate is if you, it, giving up is good, giving up for those things, but remember always the intention. The intention is to help us to relate to God and to our neighbor and not to just focus in on ourselves. But I also suggest that in this uh, time to add a practice, you know, in this time of, uh, of in the season of Lent, add a practice to pray maybe, or maybe take a moment of silence before the food that you are eating and just, and just re remember that they are gifts uh, to, to take a moment before meeting people and just understand that they are, that the people that you are going to meet are gifts from God and they might have offer some wisdom. So instead of giving up, maybe add a practice, add a practice that allows you to connect with God and one and your neighbor. And in that way, you might find new and deeper insight on uh, and and my and your mind might be softened to the experience, and you could see the gift that you that we've been given in in this wonderful creation. Uh, I had uh, uh, one Lent. I had this this uh, this one thing that I used to do, and that was um, I decided in one Lent, I think probably about three years ago, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, I decided I'm going to add. A lot of practices, though, right? So I did my morning prayer, and then I had noonday prayer, then evening prayer, then I did Compline, and they're all like prayer times. And then I would say I would find myself, you know, morning prayer would be great for me. You know, I just feel connected to God and and my neighbor. And then noonday was okay, but I was starting to get sleepy. And then evening prayer around four o'clock, I just couldn't do it. I fell asleep. I was. And and I find myself not getting closer to God, uh, and then and then Compline was was really kind of tough too. That was the evening prayer, a late evening prayer. Um, but when I was talking to my spiritual director, and I said, you know, that four o'clock time, I just can't seem to get it. You know, I can't seem to find my connection to God and neighbor through through the evening prayer, and then. And then she said, Sunil, Father Sunil, why don't you do this? Uh, wh what do you like doing? And then I said, well, uh, you know, around that time, I, I like dancing. Dancing? Yeah, I like dancing. I turn on Tony Braxton and I dance. And then she said, well, why don't you use that as your prayer practice? Because I was moving my body. And it was a joyful experience. It was, it was, and it, and after I, uh, you know, started dancing, I started to feel connected, and I, and it was a joyful experience. I just loved it. I loved my body. I loved being able to dance. I loved being able, and even if I couldn't dance well, right? But I just loved the music, and I just met, it. It felt as if my soul was being enriched by this experience, and so. 
uh, for the rest of that Lent, and, and I still do this, around four o'clock, uh, instead of doing evening prayer, I dance. I dance, and that's my prayer to God. That's my practice that helps me feel connected to, to God and also helps me feel connected to my neighbor because it just frames me and makes me feel joyful, and I feel like I could have a great conversation with people and, and, and find the joy of life again. You know, uh, and so I commend that to you. Do something different. Today, we have our guests, uh, uh, we have our guests who, who, are, who are coming and joining with us. And, uh, and they, are, they are just powerful people. Felipe is, uh, is, is, a, is a Brazilian born uh, member of the International Dance Council. And uh, Felipe is, uh, Felipe's last name is not in my bio, which I wish I, it was in my bio, but we'll, Felipe, when he comes on, will introduce himself, uh, his last name. And, but Felipe, I've known him uh, for about four years, and uh, he, is, he and his, his, uh, his group are, are establishing a ballet company, and uh, they are going to be putting on a, uh, a, a, a performance in, in the late, late March, early into April. And so Felipe has a wonderful bio. He's been a, uh, performed in repertory ballets, musical theater, Brazilian television. And uh, he's, some highlights are, are, he was a soloist in ballets like Cinderella, Swan Lake, Paquita, Don Quixote, The Nutcracker, and, uh, and a whole bunch of other things. And so um, he's also a person who has a wonderful sense of uh, himself and a deep wisdom. And so Ben, please invite Felipe on. Hello. Hey, Felipe. <laughs> Felipe, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Felipe, I'm so sorry. I didn't uh, I didn't have in your bio the the your last name, Politini. And so it's a hard thank one. You. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. And and you have brought with you uh, your principal dancer for your next production, which is yeah, Isabel. So Hello, right, Isabel. How are you doing, both of you? Very well, thank you. We're so happy to be on here with you. Good, good, good. So tell us about the production that's uh, that's coming up here in, in, in a couple of uh, weeks. Yeah, so we are doing Sleeping Beauty, which is a classic fairy tale everybody heard about at some point when you were a child. So this year, actually, Sleeping Beauty has, it's celebrating 133 years uh, from the first time it was performed in Russia. So mm. the original choreography is from Marius Petipa. So we are doing a classical adaptation of that original choreography. Uh, they score it by Tchaikovsky, which, you know, everybody knows and it's beautiful. And so we have a bunch of characters, Isabel is or Aurora. And, you know, you have Prince Desiree, we have Carabas. And uh, the third act of the show, uh, actually, in the wedding, has a couple guests that we will know and relate as our childhood to. Has the Bluebird, has the Red Riding Hood, Cinderella. Um, and so it's just an amazing story. It's just a way to, you know, bring that childhood back and also educate our audience in 
our mission, we have a project that's called Bring Back the Classics. So we wanted to, you know, every year bring a new ballet to bring back that sense of going to the theater and watch those ballet productions that it's lost. You know, people just seeing modern dance all the time and which is good. Don't take me wrong. Um, but, you know, some kids, even our own students, sometimes it, we get a new student and they're like, oh, do you ever been to a theater? Oh, no. So you never watched The Nutcracker? No. So it's missing that, you know, sense of community and going to a theater. And for us, the education and, and, and audience education, yeah, it's really important. So we are very excited and and you know, can't wait to show you everything. We have wonderful costumes that were handmade from a costume designer in Brazil. He put stone by stone. We have it here to show you if you want to see. Yeah. Um, it's it's just, it's going to be beautiful. So thank you for letting us share a little bit. So no, I think it's great. So then this is going to be in Mystic. Uh, where exactly? It's at the Guard. So at the Guard. at the Guard Art Center in New London. Um, which is a spectacular theater. Uh, it's been around for, I don't remember when it was built, but it's been around for a really long time. Um, it's part of a historical society. It's really spectacular. Inside is, it's all gilded and there's lots of ornate architecture and chandeliers. And it really gives you that experience of going to the theater. You get to get dressed up and then you walk in, you're ushered to your seat, you find your seat, you sit down, you read the program and then the lights dim. It's, it's a magical experience that so many people that we teach have never gotten the opportunity to experience. Um, and so we're hoping to bring that back to this community and without them having to travel to New York or Boston or a larger city to see that experience and feel the power of live theater. I think that's so beautiful, especially in this post-pandemic time. You know, we've been all sequestered in our little, you know, in our little offices behind laptops. Uh, and but to be in the midst of community and to be out there in the theater again, I mean, it's the theater has suffered a great deal during the, the pandemic. Yes. And, and so this is an opportunity to come back again and to and to re enliven this the energy around around going to the theater and see, seeing a live performance. And a fun fact about it, pandemic, as you mentioned, um, Isabel, when she um, she was dancing for Bala Virginia uh, when pandemic hit and they were actually doing Sleeping Beauty. So they were at the stage rehearsal the final day before the open night and the director came in and told them we need to shut down. So go home. So she never got to perform. Yeah, I never got to perform. I'm doing the same role that I was supposed to be doing in 2020. And one of our other dancers, Victoria Jensen, she as well was supposed to be doing Sleeping Beauty at the same time. Yes. And oh so my God. The resurgence and we feel like we get to revive our roles that we never got the opportunity. Oh, what a blessing. You get it to is. do this. Yeah. It's so oh. special. Yeah. And you know, so let me ask you, I mean, Dance is, I mean, I, I just talked a little bit about my experience in dance and, and I just, you know, being able to move my body and, it's, and it's, it's an expression of joy and just being able to feel, feel the different parts of me, right? I mean, most, many times people just go through the, the, the work day and the work week, just 
not conscious of their bodies, but but dancers like you both and and your company, you you're well aware of your body and and the and tell me how you your soul gets enriched by your experience of dance. You want to start? She's the one dancing <laughs> still, so let I will let her start. Um, you're absolutely right. You do get to feel your body, and you also get to feel closer with your environment. Um, it, for me at least, it, it makes me feel connected to wherever I'm, wherever I am at that moment, whoever I'm with. <sighs> it just brings me closer to everyone I'm around, and then, for me, at least for me, it's how I express myself. Um, some people talk, some people write, some people like to sit and sing and anything, but um, for me, it's dance. So the way I see the world, the way I go through life is I see movement. I see movement in everything around me, the way the tree moves, the way people walk to work, all of it. And it just makes the world more beautiful for me. And so if I can bring that through my dancing and touch anyone else and make them feel something, that's that's my goal. And it just enriches the world, in my opinion, and for I, me. I, you know, I said, well, can I just follow up on that? Because I just love that. It, it, so you're watching the world and you're watching the your environment around you and you're seeing the motion there. And then you're you're almost modeling or mimicking the motion in some ways, right? Absolutely. Uh, when you're, that's really interesting. I never thought of it that way. I mean, the yeah. sway of a tree, you know, or like a movement and even just watching the way people walk to yeah. work, for example, um, even without talking, without negotiating, they know who goes first, who goes second, where, so they don't bump into each other. It's all very coordinated. Yeah. And it's really amazing to watch. If you watch like any overhead view of like Times Square or something in New York, it's amazing that more people don't run into each other, but you're constantly moving in the ebb and the flow. It's really beautiful to watch. And it, it is. Wow. Like yeah. I never thought of it that way. That's interesting. That yeah. is interesting. <laughs> and it is fun because then when you turn, like we, we both teach, right? Um, so when you turn to that role of a teacher, sometimes, especially young children, they learned by, um, uh, reflecting right so so we need to give them examples and things that they relate to it so sometimes you're going to teach a movement that they are not getting you go to the normal daily basis and you're like okay reach to the cabinet to get something or okay now you need to jump a puddle of water on the street and and in things that you do in the day and then just clicks and even for us uh now she's doing aurora for example many times we are trying to Aurora is very deep in details of acting. It's, I think, one of the hardest rules for a, a female dancer. And um, sometimes we want to take something out of her in rehearsals. And we were like, okay, go back to the basics, you know? And then we were like, okay, imagine if you're here, you're looking to your mom and you're asking for help, you know, like be a human again. And then the thing just clicks. And so the watching for us is really important. And then when you be that role of the teacher and the choreographer, the simple tree moving, it's like an inspiration for you create a piece. 
And, you know, like a, like a musician when you write songs, right? Sometimes you're sitting and you're watching the ocean and then that's a song coming in. So for us, it's the same thing. It's, it's really interesting. That's, that's beautiful. And I, I love that uh, I, I, you've just given me some really in things to think about that, that's insightful. I mean, I, I never, you know, sometimes in life, I, so it, to honestly, to tell you the truth, I have never been to a ballet. So yours is going to be my first. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the thing was, you know, part of it is that uh, the ballet often seemed to be, for me, kind of like... Um, an experience that I, I couldn't connect to or or I, I couldn't wrap myself around a little bit, yes. you know? And uh, we talk about this all the time. And that's why for us, so important, this project, Bring Back the Classics, because we, we often speak about old days, right? When you see ballet on the old times. Ballerinas were, were that untouchable person, right? They were perfect. It's like, it's, it, it's an always reaching for perfection. So a normal person doesn't connect because it's like, I, I can't be there. You know, going to the theater, you, you, you have to play dress up. People are always fancy and looking. So that's why for us, it's like, it, it's education, right? It has to start from the school when you little and bringing that to the community and to say to those kids, no, this is why we dress up. It's just because of a fun night. And dressing up can mean a magnitude of different things. Things, yeah. Like right, your right. nice pair of jeans that you deem nice. It's so you feel beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so it has nothing to do with your outward appearance. It's how it makes you feel. You feel. And so it's interesting. I mean, I love the way. I. I mean. Uh, so the 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 ballerina, the ballet is about an idealized version of seeing our body move, right? Isn't yeah. in, in some way, you know, like this is this is movements that are have been perfected and 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 all and dancers are are amazing athletes. You all have, have great core strength and you know and being able leg strength and all sorts of stuff, right? Yeah. And so it's it's so it's it's so the movements are fluid and 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 flow, and so it's idealized. And even so, the even the spectator just coming there. And watching the these idealized mu movements, and then, you know, also calling us to to something high, striving, right? Mm -hmm. Is that it? Yeah, that's part of it. And then it's also, it's not even necessarily viewing it as like the ideal. It's okay. The biggest thing, at least from this, is just my experience with it, and yeah. I am biased because I love ballet. Um, yeah. But for me, when I was a young girl and I would go more than that, watching these people on stage dance and express themselves and move through the story and tell a story with their bodies, more than it even being the ideal yeah. of what I wanted to be, it just made me feel joyful. It made me see the beauty in the person sitting next to me and the way they're sitting at looking and completely absorbed with what's going on. Um, it made afterwards when a little girl is skipping out of the auditorium or the theater or wherever the dance production yeah. is, and they're elated. The energy that it gives off is just so special. And getting to watch that is incredible. And yes, it is, they're fluid and they takes so much work and so much practice. Um, but they don't but, know. Yeah. yeah, the audience 
doesn't need to know that. That's the other thing is about <laughs> so often it so often people view ballet as very elitist or oh it's not for me. I won't understand what's going on. But you don't have to understand whether her foot was pointed or all of the technical things. Ultimately, it's like going to the movies. You can yeah. go and watch and just enjoy the story that's being told and let it make you happy, make you sad, make you laugh, feel every emotion that just going to a regular movie would go to would be, yeah. but it's live. It's it's like a, a, what we mentioned at the beginning, like Sleeping Beauty, everybody heard about, right? Uh, Disney has the movies, has the books. So everybody already at some point heard the story. So it's not something that you don't know just because it's ballad. It's the same story. It's just taught by a different point of view. And it's impossible. And, and often more like adults, when they go to the theater, it, they get more excited than the children because it brings you back that joy that sometimes you're missing because of a routine of working seven days a week and, and you know, being a mom, being a dad and, and all the pressure that we have it, you know, being an adult. So sometimes you just sit and watch a fairy tale where, you know, at the end, the prince has to kiss the princess to wake up and live happily ever after. It, it, it brings you back to that childhood where everything is okay. So when you leave the theater, it's that sensation of like, oh my God, this is magical. This is beautiful. And then, you know, it, it's it's like for us selling positivity, like as a dancer, the only... Oh. At least. Yeah, the only yeah. thing that matters to us is it's seeing all these smiles at the end and listen to applause. It's like all the hard work, it doesn't matter for us. It's, it's, it's just that little child is skipping at the end. So we touch it one person, you know what I mean? Like, and and, and that's beautiful. I love that, I love that. And I, I love the idea that, you know, it takes us away from our normal experience in some ways and helps us to kind of uh, experience something that uh, is magical and beautiful that might strengthen us and give us more, you know, energy and and passion to live out our normal lives, which is beautiful. I, yeah, I love and that. Bala, and Bala can be very like uh, integrating, like you know, and, and, and because, for example, at Sleeping Beauty, um, a lot of things is mining, so the 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 dancers don't speak. Right. So like, for example, they say, you know, this is dancing, uh, you know, Kara boss tell that, you know, when she grow up, she's going to prick her finger and die. So if you think about like, what is more putting people in equality than a show that everybody that we watch, we will understand, you know what I mean? Because it doesn't matter if you're a professional, you don't need to be dancing. You, you know what the signs mean. Uh, and, you know, a kid that has, you know, some deficiency can come and watch it. And even though they might don't listen to the music, but they will enjoy because they are understanding. So it's really powerful for us, like bringing this old ballads. What people don't understand is the power that they have. And yeah. the really fun thing about, you mentioned the music a little bit. Um, so much of the music is used in commercials and day-to-day -day life in the background of an elevator in a restaurant somewhere. And so it's amazing when people come and they're like, wait, I know this song. And it is, <laughs> it's connecting, it connects everyone and it brings everyone together, which is, that's the main goal of ballet. It doesn't always yeah. come across that way, I think, but that is the goal. Yeah. 
is to make it accessible and relatable and good for everyone. You know, I just want to follow up on one of the points that uh, Felipe you made uh, too, and I love that. I love this that the idea about it is connecting to our, uh, connecting us in in a powerful way. Uh, you were talking Felipe a little bit, uh, and and you both talked about it. Is this idea that ballet is acting, and it's really you know that's really interesting for me because usually what I'm thinking about acting, I'm thinking about the use of words. The words along with expression, but in a ballet, there's there's no words, but right and and music and dance, right? Yeah. The body, yeah. And so that's that's an interesting perspective for me because I never I never thought of, and and you you know you're right you're it's true acting is about expressing through body you know mm -hmm. and and voice I think right yeah. Yeah. absolutely. It's it's that part when we were talking about earlier that uh, we we come back to the human being, right? So like in in the scene when um, Aurora pricks her finger, uh, she immediately runs to the queen and the king to ask for help. So like how um, mentally, uh, you know, Isabel has to technically thinking like, oh my God, I have to point my feet here and do this there and, and then hit that pirouette. But at the same time, she's hurt. She's not feeling well. Um, so she needs to in deep on her find that like, okay, if I was really sick, if I was really enchanted to die, how would I be feeling? And, and, and see like the whole court of ballet in the back that is watching, right? They are the, the people in the castle they are not just standing there they are making that whole scene happen so when you watch from the audience you understanding so you know the role of sometimes a person that is in the back it's more important than what she's doing because for her it's just a look and they are like oh my god what is she doing she's gonna die so like that that sense of like what is happening it, it, it it's it's it takes a village and it, it's the beauty of you know everybody working for one purpose to tell you that is watching the, the story so it is the fun parts of rehearsal everybody loves because we can laugh off each other and we need you know we can be silly we can be bold and cannot be afraid of trying new things um yeah Sarah boss is it's unbelievable to watch her parts because she's this you know bad witch so she yeah. comes to character and then she she really thinks she's gonna you know um put out her you know anger you know from the king and queen not inviting her from when you know princess aurora born to to killing princess aurora and yeah. and it's just beautiful you know and, and for us i think i'm very excited for the children's uh show we have a show that is an outreach program for schools uh so it's a morning show and when we do those parts the kids you know have the reactions on the audience like no oh she's coming oh my god she died you know like when the when the prince kiss you know aurora for them you know they all laugh because you know like oh my god i saw them kissing you know what i mean so it, it's just like that for us is it has no price it's beautiful yeah well you know and and it and i just realized that as you were talking the these you know the emotions the telling of the story especially you know, through without with without words, 
it, it connects to the human condition because we all know when when we're in pain or when we're afraid and what you would do when you're afraid or when you're excited and you're and you feel love you know it, it's just it's so you, you know back to isabel's point about connecting all of humanity yeah. you connect you know when we telling the story it's connecting us to that experience because we all go through this day in and day out absolutely and that's yeah. one of the things we actually do when we're teaching are really young students they're six and one of the things that we'll do and you can do this even when they're three and they're just starting out and they don't know how to hold their bodies in a correct ballet way but they do love to dance they love dancing most children that i've met in some way shape or form love to dance and it is completely it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And so when we get them, one of the biggest things that we teach them is that they can tell a story without using their voices. Um, because for so many little kids, they see a dog and they go, woof, woof, woof. And so when you say, okay, well, we're going to pretend to be a dog, but how does a dog move? What tells that story that you are a dog? Or how can you show your emotions without using your words? How can you show us that you're sad? And it's amazing what they come up with. And it's so real because they do know They've seen people be sad. They've been sad. They know what it feels like, or they've been happy or excited or surprised or scared. And it's amazing the stories that you can tell just with your body. And so that's a, they love it too. They think it's hilarious. And it's the it's, best part. Yeah. It is. It's really fun to get them to express themselves without their words. And I yeah. think it's a beautiful thing as well. And it's so I powerful. Like she it's a recent mom, so her, her daughter is a little bit more, yeah, 16 old. months. So Eleanor, when was like this tiny little thing that couldn't even like speak yet, she would sit and the student watching Isabel dancing and you could see like in her eye, although we know it's her mom, but it's just like, it's more than that, like the movement, the, the, the girls being on the point shoes, it's it's all so magical and, and, and you know she see like looking around and 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 she was not even a year old yeah and you can see like how it touches people you know it, it's it's amazing well and it's you know as you were saying earlier you said that at 4 p.m you like to dance and it makes you feel closer to god which is beautiful and that is ultimately what dance does it just it brings you closer to everything in my opinion um and as you were saying that, it made me think because really all kids dance and they dance in a way that is purely them. And that's beautiful and wonderful. And they hear music and immediately just start moving in some way, shape or form. And it's as they get older, you get embarrassed. You think that there's a right or a wrong way, but there's not. Dance really is for everybody. Everyone. And it can just be your head. It can be your fingers. It can be whatever, but it's how the music makes you feel. And I think it's really powerful to hear that you dance and it, yeah. it, is, it is for everybody. Yeah, I, I don't dance well, but. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing. There's no such thing. For you and for God, it's what it's about. Oh, you! I love. I, you know, both of you are have been inspirational for me. I one the fact that you're doing this in our community, helping to bring people together around dance and the arts, which is beautiful. The second thing that makes me inspired by you is that you both 
both of you and your team just love to mentor this joy in kids. And I, I applaud you. I thank you for that. And then, and then, and then of course, you know, thank you for acknowledging that even I dance. <laughs> There's no wrong way to dance. Has not. And that's There's a not. big part that we try to tell people all the yeah. time. You know what I mean? Of course, like everything else that you do, you know, like if you go, you want to become a doctor, you have to go to, you know, a school and, and, and study for many, many years to become a good doctor. And the dance is the same thing. To be a professional ballet dancer, you have to train for it, but you don't have to. But you don't have to to dance. Dance is for everybody. It's for everybody. So and and we tell that for new parents when they come to sign up kids to the studio, right? We were like, yeah. they don't need to be a prima ballerina. They need to be the best version of themselves, you know, because right. dance teach them a good character. They are be able. They will be able to work in any other organization and they will know you know to respect each other they will know how to work in a group they will learn things quicker they are going to you know many things dedication you know work ethic it teaches so much more than just how to be a ballet dancer right and i also think uh, i think the the other thing is also about learning how to dance and maybe with a comp uh, learning from professionals is this idea about connecting your body Absolutely. You know, feeling. You know, I mean, the other day I did. I was doing yoga because I haven't done yoga in a while, right? And yeah. so we're. That's a part of my Lenten practice this this time. And I'm and as and I'm feel and I'm conscious and aware of different parts of my body that I'm not used to, right? Yes. I could feel myself grounded through my feet, or yes. I could breathe. Uh, you know, as I stretch in different parts of my body. So it's this idea about. You know, even with ballet, learning ballet or learning ballroom dancing or any, knowing where your body is and feeling it. And and then that in itself is a gift because sometimes we don't, we're not aware, yeah. you know. And, and just putting a little thing right there, like often when we talk uh, about like our experiences as dancers, right? Yes, we love to be on stage. Yes, we love to wear pretty costumes. Yes, we love to learn a new <laughs> repertoire. But when you ask a dancer, what do you miss the most of being a dancer is being with the people that understand you and the touch, right? When you get in a dance studio, the first thing people do is hugging hug. each other. We are oh. not afraid of that. They're looking into people's eyes. Mm -hmm. When you partner with, a, you know, a, a, in a dance, you have to really deep looking into your partner eyes because you have to work in the balance, right? So you talk like, okay, more to the right, more to the left. So that eye contact is really important. And it's missing that so much now in, in nowadays society that for us and for our kids, we see on our you know professional division, which is the kids that want to become a dancer, that's they when they go out to bigger schools for like summer intensives, um, they are in a group of like 30, you know, girls or boys and they all understand each other. So it's very different. They come back from the summer kind of like recharged to, to the rest of the year because normal days when they go like to normal high school or middle school, those people don't understand them, don't have the same, you know, eye contact or, 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 or beliefs, let's put that way. And then when you are on the dance studio, that's your safe place. Those people will look you in the eyes. They will give you a big hug. And no matter what happens, 
they are cheering from each other. Like we have friends from for life that they are in the same company, and then sometimes they will get the the first part, and you will be you know behind. And, but it's always that like, oh my God, I'm so grateful for you. Absolutely. Go forward. It, it, it's just so different. You know and what I, I mean? I think back to what you were saying about being connected to your body. Um, as dancers, you are so connected to your body. And so in some ways, I think it, I think when people are more connected with their bodies, whether it be through dance or yoga or anything, I think in general, it's easier to be empathetic with yes. the people around you. Because you know if someone's in pain, you understand what that feels like because you know what your body feels like. And I think in our world today, it's really easy to be disconnected um, through a phone, through a computer, through any sort of screen, or just through the busyness of your day-to-day -day life. And so in ballet, it's easy to do that because when you come into the studio, you don't have your phone, you don't have any technology, really, you have music. And then you have the people that you're surrounded with. And so it's easy to disconnect from the disconnectedness, I guess, um, yeah. be present. And I think when you have that time to be present and you can connect with your body and feel what needs attention, um, whether it's the physical touch that he was talking about or just being and grounded the, with another person and looking quality. at them and talking with them and connecting on a different level, not through a device, I think is really powerful and impactful and and the equality, like uh, when you are in a big ballet, right? You you often in a court of ballet, which like, if, let's put the one that everybody knows, like it's one lake, right? So you have a line of 30 girls looking exactly the same. So that doesn't give you a sense of, oh, I'm better than you. Mm -hmm. They are all working the same. They have to look exactly the same and do this the same movement. And that makes you so humble and looking to your neighbor as like, okay, you know, doesn't matter if she's more this or he's more that, we are doing the same part. And I and think- you have to work together. And you work together. The only way for that to work, for everyone to look uniform in a corps de ballet is for everyone to work together, together and be committed to working together as a group. Yeah. Well, and that's so, so beautiful. I love that idea because uh, I never thought of that because the idea about that the connection you're watching very closely you're looking at each other you're you're responding to the person right in front of you isabel i love what you just said about being present yeah. you know and that's and i guess that's you know that's a that's what god calls us to be present in this moment absolutely uh, alive and and aware and uh i i you know what? I I just I'm really thankful for this conversation with both of you. I it's really inspiring to hear uh, people in dance are just are are helping change the world by helping us to be aware and and uh, it's beautiful. And I'm looking forward to coming to my first ballet. Yes, we are so excited. I'll I'll bring my wife with me. We'll be with, uh, there and we'll uh, cheering you on and also trying to understand the story. And uh, Felipe, I am just so grateful for you and your, Thank you. you and Tim in, in our lives. And, uh, and Isabel, it's a, it's a joy to meet you, uh, meet you today also. Uh, is there any parting inspirational thing that you wanna leave us? Any, any thought that, you know, especially as people go through different ways of challenge and, and alienation and stuff? Go, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> for me, like we've been talking throughout 
<laughs> this yeah. is the power of being present and being connected with people around you in any way, shape or form, whether that's smiling at the person checking you out at the grocery store or when someone cuts you off in the line driving or anything to not immediately get upset and frustrated, but it's having the empathy and the wherewithal to think maybe they needed to get in front of me today. That's what they needed. <laughs> and it's okay. It doesn't hurt me. Yeah. It's fine. Um, but really just connecting with people around you, I think is something that is really beneficial for everyone. And so the more that you think you can do that, the better. Yeah. And for me, I think it's um, asking people to come to the theater and 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 watch you know like we are having our show of course but like anything you see in the theater mm -hmm. i think people is it's missing that sense of it, it, it's it's such a joy like when you go to a theater it's just magical as she said like really just is. getting inside of the theater it, you know it's like when you were a kid and you, you you go watch you know your favorite movie your favorite character and, and, and getting to know more characters and getting to know more forms of art, it, it changes you. And I think if you can, and that's why for us it's really important this project because we, we wanna make this accessible. And I know a lot of theaters in our community are, are fighting to make art, art, art accessible. Mm -hmm. So really take the opportunity and go to a theater because it, it transforms you. Well, I find both of you inspirational and transformational. Thank you for being Thank with you. us today. And uh, again, good luck on the performance and, I, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank, Thank you. God, God bless you. Friends, uh, Felipe and Isabel, uh, we think uh, they're uh, amazing people and they have a program that's coming up and we'll be putting a link to that program. And you could also, um, you know, on this Food for Thought program, uh, uh, connect to that link to to see all the details of it. But now our time is uh, is going very quickly, and in fact, we've we've talked for a long time. But that was such an interesting conversation for me, and I hope that you found it interesting as well. Let's end with the Lord's prayer. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Friends, go in peace and love and serve God. Spread the light of Christ to the world around you. The world needs it as we connect with one another. Thanks for watching. Did you know that you can join Christ Church from anywhere in the world? If you're feeling connected to what we're doing, email us today at communicate at Christchurchwesterly.org.